The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. New questions about the investigation about who's to blame for response failures in Uvalde. Why have there not been more held accountable? We go one-on-one with the head of DPS to get answers. A moment of hope as a family searches for a missing loved one. And you guys are for real. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are for real. (laughs) We discover a law meant to help families like this full of loopholes, keeping cases from the public. People have been taught to hate. They can be taught to love. A Texan who stepped up to preserve black history gets a rare honor. How her story is being put on display at the Capitol. Produced from the Capitol in Austin and airing statewide, this is the award-winning State of Texas. Hello and thank you for joining us. I'm Josh Hinkle. In Uvalde school shooting, it took 77 minutes until officers breached the classroom and took down the gunman. 91 DPS officers were there. Only two have faced consequences for their action that day. Capital correspondent Monica Madden pressed director Stephen McCraw about why it does not appear more will face discipline from the department. There are other officers that you expect to be disciplined from DPS? No, just the two. And so you don't expect any other disciplinary action? No, no. Sergeant Juan Maldonado was terminated in October. DPS served termination papers to suspended Texas Ranger Ryan Kendall in January, and he has the ability to appeal still. Why have there not been more held accountable? Well, I'm not going to discuss it any further because it's an ongoing matter. When it's completed, I mean, the public's going to have all the information, and you will as well, and you'll be able to make that assessment, okay? During a Senate hearing Thursday, McCross said the Texas Rangers investigation into the shooting is done. So that that investigation by DPS would be over in December? It, it, it was. It's been completed and turned over and available to the district attorney. On January 6th, the Uvalde district attorney, Christina Mitchell, sent us an email saying, quote, I do not anticipate receiving the completed DPS Texas Rangers investigation until spring at the earliest. She has not responded to our follow-up questions about whether she has received the DPS investigation. And it's now been nearly nine months since a gunman killed 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde. And it's still further unclear when the public will get a full picture as to what exactly unfolded that day. Yeah, I'm not going to discuss the, it is an ongoing criminal investigation. But you said and, it was complete. Well, that doesn't mean it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing pending criminal matter. It's being reviewed by the district attorney. And I presume at some point in time when she makes a determination, presented to a grand jury. Until that's completed, the investigation is not completed. Monica Madden for State of Texas. Director McCraw also said that the Uvalde District Attorney is conducting a medical review to see if any victims could have survived if law enforcement had acted sooner. Families of the victims of the Robb Elementary and Santa Fe High School shootings are sending a message to state lawmakers. They came to the Capitol Monday to support new legislation asking for billions of dollars to improve school safety. Capitol correspondent Ryan Chandler takes a closer look. The message from families who lost their children in Texas school shootings was clear. They fear more families will join them next session if Texas does not take action this year. That's why they stood with State Senator Roland Gutierrez as they plan to do every week to announce a new series of bills aimed at preventing the next shooting. And we're here, all of us, Santa Fe and Uvalde, we stand together, hopefully, so that no other family in this godforsaken state has to do this. Families bonded by loss, hoping for progress.
Uvalde State Senator Roland Gutierrez invites them to the Capitol every week to continue their calls. This is personal to me. These people deserve more than what they got. Their little babies deserve more than what they got. And by God, we need to do something. Gutierrez announcing three new bills. The first would put an extra police officer in every school in Texas, asking for $750 million to create the Texas School Patrol with 10,000 officers. Another implements new requirements for mass shooting training and radio functionality after communication failures contributed to a delayed response at Robb Elementary. Not one damn radio worked inside that building. Not one radio. Lastly, proposing a memorial to victims of mass gun violence to be erected on the Capitol grounds and in the current spot of a monument to the Confederacy. And we plea for these changes, that you hear us, and that you see us, and that you acknowledge the pain that these families that stand behind me and those who could not make this journey today are feeling and living every day. And Senator Gutierrez said next week he'll announce a series of bills focused directly on access to firearms, which he called the common denominator in the school shootings Texas has seen. From the state capitol, I'm Ryan Chandler. Back to you. Thanks, Ryan. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton agreed to apologize and pay millions of dollars to settle a lawsuit against him. But the money will likely come from Texas taxpayers. The case stems from a lawsuit filed in 2020 by four former staffers who accused Paxton of corruption. They were fired from the Attorney General's office after claiming Paxton misused his office to help a campaign donor. Those accusations led to an FBI investigation that's still in progress. In the preliminary settlement, Paxton agreed to apologize for referring to the former staffers as rogue employees. The settlement would pay the ex-staffers $3.3 million. The money won't come from Paxton, though. Instead, state funds will pay the bill. Texas lawmakers will first have to approve that funding. Families searching for missing loved ones are finding problems with a law meant to help them. How a lawmaker is taking a closer look at a loophole we discovered. She walked the walk, literally. Opal Lee's efforts helped make Juneteenth a national holiday, the rare honor she's now getting at the Capitol. Texans share strong opinions about President Biden's State of the Union, how his border security plan is getting a mixed response. Texas Republicans voiced their disapproval with President Biden's border policy, openly heckling him during Tuesday's State of the Union address. Several GOP members interrupted the president during his address. Some shouted, secure the border. The president defended his administration's policy, saying it's on Congress to act. If we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, let at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the border. That comment drew applause from Democrats, but head-shaking disapproval from Republicans, and the criticism continued after the address. I was very disappointed with the president's speech, specifically on the fact that he spent more time talking about hotel fees and baggage fees than the open border policy that he himself has created. That was Congresswoman Monica De La Cruz. She represents a district in the Rio Grande Valley, but a Democrat who also represents the valley had a different take, praising the president's plan to fight drug smuggling. 
One of the things that I liked uh, that he mentioned was putting more te uh, technology at the ports of entry. Because if you see where the fentanyl and the methane comes in, they come through ports of entry, not in between. Critics noted that President Biden waited until late in his speech to talk about immigration. He focused much of the address on the economy. President renewed his call for a tax on billionaires to reduce the deficit. He also touted efforts to fight excessive fees on travel and event tickets. Governor Greg Abbott will deliver his State of the State address on Thursday. This is where the governor will lay out his emergency priorities for state lawmakers. He'll deliver the address away from the Capitol, this time at a business in San Marcos. It's happening Thursday at 7 p.m. We'll bring it to you live on this station along with the response from Texas Democrats. There are heartbroken families out there that are desperate to find their loved ones. Loopholes in a law meant to help families find missing loved ones. Why a Texas lawmaker is taking a closer look at what our team discovered. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Since 2021, a state law has required Texas police to enter critical details into a national public database within 60 days of receiving an official missing persons report. That online system, NamUs, has helped police and families get answers, close cases, and solve crimes. The number of Texas cases has increased tremendously since the new law went into effect. In the year before, only about 350 Texas cases were entered into the database. In the year after, that number jumped to nearly a thousand. Still, DPS data we obtained shows Texas police have actually received more than 64,000 missing persons reports since the start of the law, meaning there are potentially thousands of cases they could have entered into NamUs but did not. Investigator Arzo Dost examines some loopholes in the law and why its author is now taking a closer look at our discovery to help more families in the future. I'm going to walk this way. I want to see who's in these tents here. Hello, ma'am. Susanna Arroyo anxiously walks along Cameron Road in Austin, looking for her older brother, Seferino Ibarra. I'm looking for my brother, Sam. She's made the trip from Tyler many times before, hoping to find him. The last time I spoke to him, he had lost his apartment. He was living homeless on the streets. She says Ibarra is a veteran and was diagnosed with cancer. I'm just concerned that something will happen to him and we won't know. You hear stories of people just wanting to disappear, but does that sound like your brother? I don't know what all is going on in his life, you know, that would make him want to not, you know, communicate with us any longer. After not hearing from her brother for months and his cell phone going silent, Arroyo says she filed a missing persons report with Austin police in early 2021. What have you been told by Austin police? I was told that he is still homeless, that he had involvement maybe um, 
sometime this year that they've known something about him. She says APD didn't consider him missing and never reported his case to NamUs, the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. It was just months before a new law went into effect requiring police to report to NamUs. If he had gone missing months later, they would have been required to by the new law. So Arroyo did it herself and created his profile. I think about him every day since he's been missing, every day. Every day I pray to God. She finally got a call in December that he'd been spotted. My brother had been here to the office. He was here trying to get a birth certificate. She immediately drove to Austin. I know it's gonna happen today. We followed along as she searched for answers near this homeless camp. I'm looking for my brother. I heard he's in this area. Oh, that's Bruce, ain't he? Petey, Seferino, Sam. Yeah, I know who that is. Uh, that's Pete. Yes, that's Pete. Yes, I'm his sister. Where oh, is he? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. He stayed with me last night. He's supposed to come back tonight. It was the closest she had come to finding someone who might know him. And you guys are for real. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are for real. <laughs> Her family is one of hundreds with loved ones in the NamUs database from Texas. About 20 of the more than 600 Texas cases entered after the new law were done so by family or close associates. Most, 450, were by NamUs staff, medical examiners, or law enforcement. HB 1419 is finally passed. State Representative Lacey Hall wanted to require law enforcement to report to NamUs after working closely with two Houston families who had missing loved ones, and they felt faster police action would have helped their cases. It's the impact that it makes to these families. Just hearing that that someone cares and that something is being done to try and help them means means the world to these families. We have seen agencies, you know, a huge uptick in reporting of cases and we see compliance and we see these agencies wanting to make these reports. But the law has no penalty for those agencies that might not be reporting to NamUs. We know each time someone files a missing persons report with Texas police, that agency is required to submit the name and other important details to the FBI's National Crime Information Center, or NCIC, within two hours. That's something the public can't see. Police have to submit public details to NamUs within 60 days of receiving the missing persons report. While it's likely some cases are cleared before that 60-day time frame is up, it's also likely many other cases are just never entered into NamUs by police. Well, I think a lot of it is awareness. I don't believe that, you know, overall that there's agencies out there who are unwilling to comply. I think a lot of it is just some of them don't know. We learned the state doesn't track compliance and the law doesn't say who should enforce the requirement. Can the law be improved? I would say that there, there is, you know, always possible room for improvement. And that's why right now we're on the education campaign and trying to make sure that there um, is compliance. And overall, for the most part, there is, especially in these larger um, areas. Hall says she wants to review the data we've gathered she says if any agencies are running into problems following the law, 
She wants to know why. There are heartbroken families out there that are desperate to find their loved ones and um, the few minutes of their time to put that report into NamUs can change someone's life. Texas is now among 13 states to pass laws mandating the use of NamUs. Other states we checked also don't have any enforcement measures. We don't want to, you know, penalize people for if, if they're truly trying or they just truly don't know. Um, if, if they don't have the resources and they don't have awareness, we want to give them the chance to be able to do that, the education and those resources to be able to do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For families like Ibarra's. Now all we got to do is sit here and wait. The search isn't over. His sister says a stronger law would help other families dealing with unimaginable anguish. I hope I find him. I'm going to be watching that bus stop and see if he comes in on it. Remember, since the law went into effect in 2021, Texas police have 60 days to enter new cases they receive into NamUs. Of the other states we checked with similar requirements, it's between 30 and 45 days, meaning the public can potentially see cases in those states and possibly help a lot faster. Representative Hall's office tells us the Texas timeframe was put in place to be less of an administrative burden on police, and shortening that wouldn't help with compliance. Hall also tells us requiring police to submit cases to NamUs they received before the law went in effect cases like Susanna's brothers would be too costly, taking more time and resources. Luckily, entering her brother's case into NamUs and other missing person sites herself paid off. That same day she traveled to Austin to search, Susanna actually found him and is helping get him into a more permanent housing now. That's good to hear. Arzo, before the law went into effect, police still had the option of sharing cases with NamUs, even though it wasn't required. So why didn't Austin police do that in her brother's case? Well, Josh, Austin police tell me the case didn't meet its criteria for a missing person. They classified it as a request to locate since his family said he was likely experiencing homelessness. All right, Arzo, thank you very much. You and our investigative team have been reporting on this system for years. To catch up on our complete coverage, including a new episode of our Catalyst podcast, to learn more about the unidentified bodies aspect of the law and how new federal legislation could help families, go to this story in the Texas politics section of our website and click on the missing persons button. She's known as the grandmother of Juneteenth, the rare honor she received from Texas lawmakers to help make sure her story gets told at the Capitol. Opal Lee is known as the grandmother of Juneteenth. That's the holiday marking the day Texas slaves learned about the Emancipation Proclamation. It's been a holiday in Texas for decades, but Lee helped make Juneteenth a federal holiday. Now the 96-year-old is getting a rare honor, her portrait in the Texas Senate chamber. It's the first new portrait in more than 40 years. Jayla Washington shows us the unveiling. Just look at Miss Opal Lee's face, the grandmother of Juneteenth. The unveiling of her portrait on the Senate floor is a testament to her strong will and perseverance. I was so happy and so humble 
I wanted to do a holy dance, but the kids say I'm twerking when I do that. Miss Lee, she has always had a lot to say, but right here, she's sitting back and listening, though she could hardly sit still. It gets no simpler than saying, Receiving your roses while you're alive, darling. Mrs. Opal Lee was inspired from an early age to seek to better the world around her and to become an advocate for social justice and civil rights. She literally walks the walk. Back in 2016, she started walking two and a half miles in cities across the country, symbolizing the two and a half years it took for word to get out to all slaves that they were free. How soon we gonna get started? And crowds began joining her. How are you feeling right now? Real good, real good. Those walks led President Biden to sign a bill making Juneteenth a federal holiday back in 2021. And Lee is still fighting for civil rights. People have been taught to hate. They can be taught to that love is something she leads with. Her portrait now alongside just one other black Texan who has ever been honored in this way. We need days like this, Miss Lee. We have so much divisiveness in our society. This is a day that heals a lot of wounds and brings us together and you're the cause for it. Her spirit is strong, her heart humble. She wants others to stay inspired. There's much to be done, much. Jayla Washington, State of Texas. The Texas Senate first honored Opal Lee back in 2021. During that visit, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said that Lee's portrait should be displayed in the chamber. State Senator Royce West helped see the process through, saying portraits should reflect all Texans. There are 19 other portraits displayed in the Senate chamber. Several depict people who have ties to the Confederacy. That includes a portrait of Jefferson Davis. You heard Jayla mention that one other black Texan has a portrait in the Senate. That's Barbara Jordan. She was the first African-American woman elected to the Texas Senate. Thank you again for joining us for State of Texas. I'm Josh Hinkle. We'll be back next week to bring you an in-depth look at Texas politics.